everyone, welcome back to the podcast, and I'm your host, Dia. So, today's topic is about when we're either living in the past or future, and this can be from a place of feeling nostalgic or a place of feeling fearful for the future, or perhaps just simply looking forward to the future as if we need to arrive someplace and then we'll feel good. And I want to talk about how this can be detrimental to our well being. And we'll also talk about some ways that can help us stay more present in the now and more. But before we jump into this topic, if you wanted to get on the Modern Pen Pal list where we dive into topics such as this one in the format of letters straight into your inbox, please do visit penpals.herewithdia.com for more details. I'll start with a little story. As some of you might know, before the pandemic, I was traveling full time for about three years. So I was very much used to this nomadic lifestyle with lots of new stimuli pretty much on a daily basis. It was exciting, it was fun, and of course, there were many downsides to this kind of living. But one thing that I can say is that it was void of the normal, quote unquote, normal life responsibilities that comes with owning a home. Or owning a car, or simply just having the accountabilities to people, to institutions, and many other influences that one might get if they were living in one place. It was unpredictable at times, perhaps, but it was also freeing. So I've been back home in LA for、um, much of last year, and today I was waiting in the checkout line at this Filipino grocery store here. In Los Angeles. And as I was watching the items go down the conveyor belt, all of a sudden I had these flashbacks of the different grocery stores I visited while on the road. How exciting and exhilarating it was to walk into a store not knowing what I'd find in there. Exotic brands I'd never seen before, and food labels and languages that my eyes couldn't make sense of. My brain then began making further connections, and I remember the constant sticky heat of Southeast Asia, riding on a scooter in the most daring chaotic traffic, or simply being in an airport in transit, just feeling so excited about stepping onto brand new soil. So I caught myself feeling and marinating in this deep sense of nostalgia, and perhaps even a little bit of sadness. A life that was so vivid and tangible and colorful to me now seems like a distant dream. And look, I'm not saying that we're never gonna be able to travel again or that I'm not gonna travel, but here's where today's topic makes its connection. As I stood in that grocery line, a grocery store line today, feeling nostalgic about what was, all the memories wore rose tinted glasses. I had put the rose tinted glasses on. You know, we often fantasize about the past or fear for the future, sometimes reasonably so, but most of the time they're not accurate depictions of what actually was, or they're not definitive predictions of what might come. Yet, when we are in those moments of thoughts and emotion, it's as real as they come, with a filter or not. So, I wanted to talk about this with you today that while reminiscing about the past can invoke all sorts of feelings, whether it's warm and fuzzy or dark and gloomy, to have a clear discernment that most likely what we remember now isn't accurate, isn't an accurate representation of what actually was. 
For example, while I reminisced on the constant sticky heat of Indonesia and Thailand, I know for a fact that it was one of the things I absolutely detested about being in those places. The mosquitoes, getting bit, the itchiness, and the feeling of walking out of my Airbnb and, in- and into blazing hell. The thing that had caused me so much discomfort was now providing me with such sweet nostalgia. And of course, this can be applied to any memories of the past, whether it's a job or a person that you remember loving, perhaps it was a place or simply a lifestyle that you had. It's so funny because there's this psychological phenomenon called negativity bias. And it's this idea that we humans register negative stimuli much more than positive ones. Just think back on a relationship you might have had with someone when you felt like all they did was criticize you and tell you how you're not good enough. And when you bring that up, they might have said something like, but how come you never remember all the good things I say to you? And in that moment, you genuinely cannot remember. Or perhaps it takes so much more effort to recall those positive things. Within a conversation, if someone praised you eight times and critiqued you twice, the things that'll stick the most with us will probably be those two negative ones. So this undoubtedly creates issues within dialogues and relationships, but that's for another episode. So what's even more funny is that as time goes by, things tend to have a flip effect. The relationship you had that ended for good reasons begins to look more and more delicious than you remembered. Now, instead of negativity bias, people might start wearing those rose-tinted glasses. And as we ponder and reminisce on people, places, and circumstances with such longing. And now the future can look something similar. Either we look with longing and hope towards a brighter future, or we might cower and resist all attempts to move forward due to fear and uncertainty. We make up all sorts of stories in our mind about when I achieve this, I will be. When I get there, I will finally feel. If this happens, I'll finally be. Now, on the other spectrum, the stories can be even more varied. Whatever fear it is you might personally have about the oncoming unknown, the big scary what-ifs. And those are all very human responses, albeit sometimes debilitating to our current well-being mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. When we're living in the past or the future, we're clinging onto what was with such tinted glasses or running away from uncertainty while creating all sorts of catastrophic stories in our own heads. And I want to take a moment to acknowledge that we have those capabilities because they are useful. It is a part of our survival mechanism. We need to learn from our past, from our personal and collective history. And we need the ability and skills to plan for our future. Those are necessary. But I think that we can all agree as humans, we don't only use our capacity or our capability to live in the past and future for things like insight, productivity, and growth. In fact, more often than not, it's a mental trap that keeps us stuck in between two, the past and the future, like a purgatory of sorts while being totally blind that the precious present is just passing us by. And when what was and what may never be are actively taking up so much of our mental real estate, we're no longer present or engaged with what is going on right now. And we can miss out on a lot. I'll be the first to say, 
our goal shouldn't be to constantly monitor, maintain, or control every single one of our thoughts, but there are definitely practices and simple awarenesses that we can call upon when we find ourselves dwelling in the non-present. And the first thing is fact-checked. When we inevitably find ourselves playing mental pictures about the past or the future, the moment we are able to catch it, run a quick fact-check. If it's for the past, ask something like, was it really all that good? The thing that no longer is that I seem to want to hold on to, was I truly feeling so great in that situation? Or is this current emotion causing me to either have selective memory or I am wearing rose-tinted glasses? Or if you're feeling disappointment or grief over what was, what is the gem that came from that? If a truly good thing seemed to have ended, what beautiful lesson or gold did you walk away with from that situation or experience? And how do we carry that into the now? You can even take on the perspective that things in a way never truly ends. Just like all existing matter only mutate and transform its molecular structure, when a thing or situation ends, we continue to carry a thread with us. Did this thing add or take a layer away from your perspective? If it's hard to tap into gratitude, lean in a little bit further. The first answer we get might come from a place of heavy emotion, perhaps of hurt, anger, or fear, disappointment, but I believe that there's always more underneath, just waiting under the rubble to be discovered. And sometimes, situation dependent, it could take a very long time to discover what that is, and that's okay. It doesn't mean that it's not there. It is just waiting for us to be ready to see it. If you're stuck in the future with fearful thoughts or doubts, know that nothing has happened yet, and all the most awful stories replaying in your head may never happen. What it does is taking away from enjoyment of what we do have right now. And again, I'm not preaching at you. I definitely have to work on this myself. It's absolutely a self-defense mechanism to grieve for something that's yet lost. We're literally preparing ourselves for that inevitable loss. Loss of love, of connection, of opportunity, health, our youth, etc. So there's a beautiful poem I came upon recently, and here's a part of it. Tis a fearful thing to love what death can touch. A fearful thing to love, to hope, to dream, to be. And oh, to lose. A thing for fools, this. And a holy thing. A holy thing to love. Tis a human thing, love, a holy thing, to love what death can touch. So this is a poem by Yehuda Halevi. And I think it's so beautiful because it is a foolish thing and a very human thing. And it is a holy thing to love what death can touch. So I got a little carried away <laughs> from the topic, but... So if we're fearing for the future of what we might lose, the thing that we still have but we may not have someday, it changes us. It affects how we handle ourselves in our present moments. How deeply do we lean into a connection? How, do we, how much do we operate from a place of openness and love or from fear? How vulnerable do we show up with ourselves and with other people? And how much of us and our energy do we give to a project or an idea? And if fear is in the driver's seat, we inevitably are going to run into roadblocks 
And sometimes I think the worst roadblocks are precisely the ones that we create in our minds because those are the most sticky, loud, and insidious. It stops us in our tracks from going after or living the moment that we actually want. So again, we fact check. Do we know with 100% certainty that this thing we fear will happen in the future? And bear with me here. Yes, we're all going to run into challenges, health issues, and even death in the end. But will that project you really want to start fail as you fear it might? Or might it just flourish and succeed? Will your new lover actually leave you? And will you be turned down by that new job you want so badly if you just tried? Are our worst predictions and fears actually facts or just stories that we keep telling ourselves? And when you're stuck in a future, call in our good friend, the past. This is when we want to utilize the past. Check in and remember how many times you've had those same fears before. Even if the fears did come true, did it guide you to something else? And it doesn't have to be something better. It doesn't even have to be that, though it can be, most definitely. But did it guide you to something different, something valuable, beautiful, and equally illuminating? Another really great way to tap out of the past and future and back into the present is with the practice of gratitude. I made a whole episode on this topic. If you want to give it a listen, it's episode number two. We talk about gratitude a lot and it's become a hot word. But I think one of the important things that gratitude does is it builds resilience. It helps us find the good in almost any situation. And it's not just blind optimism, though it might feel a little bit forced when we first start the practice, but it's not just blind optimism. It's reality-based perspective shift. I can bank on everyone who's listening right now that you've had at least one instance when something did not go the way you wanted to in the past and it ended up being the best thing. It ended up propelling you to where you actually were intended to be or to more opportunities and things that were better for you. And the funny thing is sometimes we can't see these things. Sometimes that hindsight won't find us until years, perhaps decades later, Some things tend to reveal themselves sooner and are very easily discovered and there are other things that truly takes time to unfold and present us with the gold. And what I think gratitude can do is that when life inevitably gets messy and chaotic and out of our control, the anchor that we have built within our peace remains the very constant that brings us back-centered, brings us back home. Gratitude, along with a lot of the other ways that we can work on to build self-love, self-trust, and know that we are worthy of the right now. That in midst of the storm or of an uncomfortable moment or phase in our lives, we will always walk through it. That is a part of our humanity, a part of our experience here. It's just very hard to see it when we're in the moment of a challenge. And that we don't need to hold on to a past that no longer is or look toward a future to find such reverence in the right now, in the most mundane, simple moments. A sunrise, a warm cup of tea, a good laugh, 
We've become such a striving culture that pushes us to live in what was good or what might be better. But now is so good. It is so paramount that we stay present right now and learn to appreciate the thing that's right in front of us. No clinging, no grasping, just appreciation for the most simple, mundane, and fleeting moments. Because those were the moments you hoped for. And those will become the moments that you feel most nostalgic for someday. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take a quick moment to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcast or simply share it with a friend or loved one who might also appreciate it. If you want to get on the modern pen pal list where we dive into topics like this one, just head over to penpals.herewithdia.com. And you can also find us on Instagram at paths underscore back to you. And we have a um, private Facebook group with the same name. You can also email me at pathsbacktoyou at gmail.com. Again, thank you so much for listening. And I will talk to you guys in the next episode.